Welcome to the 167 Podcast, a podcast to inspire, challenge, and encourage you. Our goal is to help you live into the 167 hours of your week away from church. And now your host, Shannon Patterson. Well, hey, Porch community, and welcome to episode 117 of the 167 Podcast. I'm Shannon Patterson, the lead pastor here at the Porch Community Church. And as always, I'm here with my good friend, Josh Harrell. Hey, Josh. Hey, Shannon. How's it going? It's going really good. Good. Yeah. 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 Things are good. Yeah. Things are good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I've been confused. Whenever my kids are out of school, my kids, my kid is out of school, um, I am, I don't know what day of the week it is. So I've been confused. Yes. So, but. I thought yesterday mm, was Wednesday. I did too. And I was even trying to make it Thursday. So, um. Yeah, so anyway, mm-hmm. um, so Mall- Mallory's back at school, so now I know what day of the week it is, and... But it feels yeah. like a Monday, because yeah. they're both at, back at school for the first time. <laughs> well, and Mallory goes to Centilla, yes. and they wear, they have a uniform, mm-hmm. and in the elementary, they have actually a different colored shirt to wear, depending on the day of the week, so that really helped me know what day of the week it was. Oh, they don't make them wear different colored shirts in middle school? No, they just wear like their like Spartan wear, like uh, just black or red or gray or something. But um, but I was sometimes the parent who would send that Mallory would be the only kid at school with a green shirt on because it wasn't Thursday, even though I thought it was. So um, yeah. So anyway, but yeah, but now I know what day it is. So um, yeah. 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 How about you? How are you? I'm good. All uh, right. The girls are back at school. Yeah. Um, so that's good. <laughs> it's just. They're just not at the age where I can get a lot done. Nope. Mm-mm. So yep. it's kind of annoying. But it's also really good to spend time with them. So that's good too. Exactly. And it goes, I'm going to be one of those people that goes fast. It goes yep. fast. Where your girls are right now, I felt like Mallory was just there. Yeah. So I got to realize <sighs> that there will always be work to do, but they will always won't be this little. That That is correct. So I got to focus on What is that it? The sometimes. days are long, but the years are short. Sure, I don't know. That's a, yeah. Is that that's a saying? That's a saying. We'll figure out Makes what my sense, news, right? We'll figure out what my version of that is later. <laughs> You'll jack it up somehow, and we'll yeah. start saying it. So, um, happy Valentine's. Yeah, happy Valentine's Day. Did you have a good one? Do y'all do anything? No, I mean, Maui and I went and got pedicures the day before, and so I texted Drew and was like, "Hey, thanks for the pedicures." Yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, he he cooked dinner last night. Mm. So yeah. Mm. So and we gave him a hug. Yeah. <laughs> But no, we don't do we don't do a big thing. Yeah, so. Kara doesn't Y'all. really. Well, I take it a lot more serious than Kara does. Like Kara doesn't really care one way or the other mm-hmm. about Valentine's Day, but for me, it's it's an opportunity to uh, show the girls mm. what a loving husband looks like and does. Yeah. Yep. So I yep. try I try to be that all the time. Mm-hmm. But sure. then, but then I also make it a conscious effort to do Valentine's big so they. So they see I, how much you so love Kara. Yeah. yeah. So there's a standard. That's wonderful. So I I do. It's definitely all about Kara, but I but I'm using it as a as a lesson to mm-hmm. to not settle. Yeah, that's awesome. I like that. So. I like that. I like that. Um, <clears throat> what else is going on? Anything? Uh, did you watch know? the Super Bowl? I did. Yep. Watched it. Yeah. I was rooting for the Chiefs, so I I liked the outcome. So yeah, I fell asleep in. The Chiefs winning. <laughs> like, I wasn't asleep very long, but like the Eagles were about to kick a field goal mm-hmm. with like two minutes left, and then the next thing I know, the Chiefs won. I yeah. don't know what happened. Yeah, you just kind of dozed off. Yeah, yeah I just dozed off. Yeah, it was, good. it was a pretty good game. Yeah, so, halftime. 
from a production standpoint, I, I'm not getting into all the politics of uh, Super Bowl halftime show, but from a production standpoint, it was really cool. Those floating stage things were very so cool. neat. Yeah, yeah, so. they were cool. Other than that, yeah. yeah, we uh we all we watched it with some friends, and we were like going, okay, who's the special guest? We kept waiting. And I was yeah, like, oh, was the none. special guest is the baby in Rihanna's stomach. Yeah. <laughs> so, welcome. <laughs> like, I was, honestly, I was expecting Eminem to show up again because they yeah. collaborate a lot. Yeah. And I was like, that'll be two times in a row that he's on the Super Bowl. Yeah. And he didn't show up. Yeah. So, um, speaking of what's going on, um, I don't know if our listeners have been paying attention or are aware but there is something going on in Wilmore, Kentucky, which you may have never heard of Wilmore, Kentucky, but maybe you've heard of Asbury Seminary or Asbury College um, or it's Asbury University now. Um, but, yeah, there's some stuff going on. And I will say <clears throat> it's a big – not only is it a big deal, but the fact that my I'm hearing it from – either Methodist or former Methodist pastors. I'm mm-hmm. seeing it on their socials. Mm-hmm. But I'm also seeing it on Baptist pastors. Oh yeah. Socials. Yeah. yeah. So it's a big deal. Yeah. It's it's um yeah, it's 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 a deal. And it's it's a you know, people are saying it's the Asbury revival of, of twenty twenty three. It's mm-hmm. um and they're putting a date on it because there's been a few other there's there was a revival fifty three years ago, nineteen seventy um, and there was one prior to that as well, like nineteen oh five, maybe I but, can't remember. But the seventies one was like a like. It, I think with every a big yes, deal. it was the furthest, the most recent besides this one, and I think it's with time and technology, things get mm-hmm. y- you know of them more. Yeah. You know? Well, so, like even the 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 knowledge of what's going on there right now. Uh-huh. Is so different than it was in 1970. Yeah. Because in 1970, it like got picked up by local news, and then some of the Asbury students were asked to go to other schools or churches to share, and these little pockets of of revival would kind of break out in those places as well. But mm-hmm. it took a while. Yeah. Where, you know, I was I was reading or I was seeing stuff. Um, last Wednesday evening that, hey, we had chapel this morning at 10 and it hasn't ended yet. Yeah. And it was like, it's it's been going for eight hours. Is it, And like there was a lot of TikToks <clears throat> and, and stories yeah. and reels and stuff. Like, is it happening again on the mm-hmm. first day? Right. And now day seven? So today, yeah. So we're recording on Wednesday. So 10 o'clock this morning. It, and I, so, so it's been going for a week and, an, and two hours at this point. So... So how? So 169 hours, no, 170 hours. Yeah, 170 hours. Yeah, yeah. Now that's so, living into the 167. Yeah, yeah, they have been. So what were you about to ask? Um. Oh well, I was gonna. Do we want? So how do we want to kind of talk about this? Do mm. we want to start at with the present one, or do we want to give some context mm. to the, yeah, the one that happened before? Because I know that in me doing a little bit of digging myself that the one in the seventies is like the second largest revival that they can pinpoint the start to in the United States with the first being the great awakening. <laughs> yeah. Sinners in the hands of an angry yeah. God. Yeah. Out of Jonathan Edwards. Mm-hmm. And they say the, <clears throat> the seventies one at, at Asbury is like the second largest they can pinpoint the start. 
The star, okay, yeah, yeah. Because well, I mean, there's other there, there's other you've ones heard where, of. They, where they can't go. This is when it began, but mm-hmm. there's there's like three or four that they can go. This is when it started mm-hmm. on this night with this speaker in this place. Yeah, like they know, like sinners in the hands of the angry God of John and Edward sparked the Great Awakening, and then you have this one at Asbury, and I think there's a Billy Graham one mm-hmm. that started something. It was in the article, and I can't remember exact details but they're talking about how the one in asbury is the second largest recorded in the united states so that's why and i don't know if i'm saying this because he went to asbury but i think uh our former senior pastor downtown bob was at the one in the 70s Mm -hmm, he was yep so that's that's pretty neat yeah and it wasn't like because what I'm seeing a lot with this one is people pilgrimaging oh, yeah. to Asbury for this one. I mean, we're, we've we talked about it. Yeah. I mean, I've, uh, yeah, I've talked about it. I've, yeah. I, I, yeah. I think you're just waiting on someone to tell you to go. Well. But he was a student there yes. during, during that one. And, yes. and I feel like we have to talk about the one in the 70s because they're, A, people are comparing it. There are parallels, mm-hmm. but then there's also things that are different with this time than that time as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know about that as well, much, but you're first. You were talking about how uh, the media caught on to the seventies. Oh well, yeah, for with sure. TV, newspaper, and radio. Mm-hmm. And then we just mentioned that um, <clears throat> we were we saw it hap- We saw media about it. Yeah, hours. Hours after yeah. it started. Yeah. Sure. So the coverage on it, like mm-hmm. just just the widespread word of it, mm-hmm. is already better than the seven, the one in the seventies. <laughs> so yeah, that, and even and like you said, well, I think you said it, but like with that comes the criticism yes. as well. So well, before we even start with the nineteen seventy, um, let's look at God's word. In October of last year, I believe it was yes. I, we were doing a series on the book of Exodus. And well, October 11th is when you mailed it to me, so it would have yeah. been the Sunday <laughs> of that week. So, um, yeah, we were doing a series in Exodus, and um, I, I shared briefly kind of about the history of the revival that happened in 1970. Um, but like I said, this was last this was last year. So, but but here's the scripture, and this was this was the basis of the scripture and why I shared the story I did because this is where we were in the series. So in Exodus chapter 3, verses 1 through 5, pretty well known, even if you don't know the address, you know the story to some extent, probably. It says this, One day Moses was tending the flock of his father-in-law Jethro, the priest of Midian. He led the flock far into the wilderness and came to Sinai, the mountain of God. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a blazing fire from the middle of a bush. Moses stared in amazement. Though the bush was engulfed in flames, it did not burn up. This is amazing, Moses said to himself. Why isn't that bush burning up? I must go see it. When the Lord saw Moses coming to take a closer look, God called to him from the middle of the bush, Moses, Moses, here I am, Moses replied. Do not come any closer, the Lord warned Take off your sandals, for you are standing on holy ground. 
holy ground. So Moses is herding ordinary sheep on an ordinary day, doing what he does. This is what he's done every day. He's in the wilderness of Sinai, and suddenly an ordinary, scrawny, scrubby bush, you know, is in flames, and the holy happens. Like an ordinary moment, everything was transformed. Nothing, and, and we know historically, Josh, that nothing in Moses' life was ever the same after that moment. Right. Um, and so this passage, especially in, in Exodus, is about the extraordinary breaking into the ordinary which that and, we live in all the time. And for backstory on Moses, mm-hmm. like he escaped to ordinary. Like, yeah. Like he was living in the extraordinary, like his, the way he got to where he was, <clears throat> and then he just kind of ran yeah. to escape, and then he... And, you know, God is inevitable. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And so you've got this this extraordinary happening out of ordinary. And, and the, the promise in that, the, the um, uh, I don't know, the desire, we sh- understanding is that God speaks into our ordinary lives and he transforms everything by his presence. And it's, so it's, it's in that extraordinariness um, that it's about hearing and responding to the presence and the holiness of God. And we talk about Asbury, and, and that's what I have seen. I mean, I've watched a lot of YouTube videos and read a lot of accounts and from from people or connections to people. You know, I know people who know some people there. You know, I went to Asbury. Um, I didn't go to the Wilmore campus. I went to the Orlando campus, but, you know, everyone kind of, you know, if you're in Methodism or Wesleyan, uh, Nazarene, you know, there's a connection there with Asbury. Um, it's definitely kind of the, the go-to, you know, Wesleyan Orthodox, you know, seminary as far as how it uh, trains up leaders, Christian leaders. And so that's a side thing. It's not an advertisement for Asbury. But but so before we even talk about what's going on, what, what happened before and what's going on right now, like today, this moment in Hughes Auditorium at Asbury University in Wilmore, Kentucky, it's about the extraordinary happening, which is why people talk about it. It's why, you know, it, it is why there are skeptics. It is mm-hmm. why there is cynicism. It's, but the first thing I, I think is important, and I asked this in the message in October of 2022, when I shared this story, was does something like what happened with Moses stir something up inside of you, listener, and me, Shannon, and you, Josh? Does it stir something up within you to desire? Is there a desire for God's extraordinariness to break into your ordinariness? Mm. Is there a desire for that? Mm. And that's, I think that's a real question. Yeah. It's like, is there a desire for the manifest presence of God to be so tangibly real that it, something is different? Like you go, oh, this is, this is mm-hmm. not ordinary. Yeah. This is not ordinary. Um, <clears throat> it's very few times I've thought about it any other way than a historical account. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it, ju- it just happened. Mm-hmm. Like, what am I? No, that was for Moses. That's not necessarily for me. Mm-hmm. Yep. Like, that was to basically spark 
what he was about to do. Yeah. Yeah. You know? And and I think I've heard like sermons about like what is gonna be your burning bush or something like that. Mm-hmm. But never the concept except for when you preached on it. But the concept of the ordinary becoming extraordinary for us. Yeah. Yeah. About like and communion is an example yeah. of that in a tangible way. Yeah. But uh, to me up until <clears throat> I know I thought about it differently when you um, preached on it because mm. I remember thinking about it in the booth. But up until then, it's just always been a historical count or an example of something triggering someone else, mm-hmm. but that not being your trick, my yeah. trigger. Like for you, yes. like, like it, it is the extraordinariness of what God does with Moses something that you long for in the ordinariness of your life. Mm-hmm. And that, and I don't mean do you expect a bush to catch on fire, but like, do we? And let's be real, like Moses was not. I'm going to go up on Sinai and hopefully God's going to show up. No, he went looking for a sheep. Yeah, he was he was doing his job. Yeah. He was going about his day to day stuff. Um, to, um, to even uh, talking about Asbury, one without even me and you having this is the first time me and you <laughs> talked about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Without any context of you bringing up this message from last October, mm-hmm. my first thought was, "That's great for them." Yeah, 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 you yeah. Know? And that'd be cool if it happened here. Yeah, like that was my that that's been my thought process. That's cool for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but what's the expectation? Like, what's I, the expectation that we have for ourselves and for God to reveal Himself to us? Like, yeah, it's, it's almost like we are, well, it's, it's a, uh, voyeuristic. I mean, we're like watching yeah. it. We're just like, oh, that's neat. I'm watching that over there. Yeah. Up and up there's until, a disconnect. Yeah. And for me, honestly, I didn't look at it deeper than just what it is like, a or what I thought it was, you know, just a mm-hmm. campus r- revival. Right. Mm-hmm. I didn't think of it anything more than that until I saw people. And I don't know why this matters to me, but it, but it, seeing it matter to people across multiple denominations. Oh yeah, that's when I really went. Mm-hmm. Oh, this this isn't just a, a yeah a, a Wesleyan thing, a, a Methodist Wesleyan thing, thing a whatever, Meth- an Asbury thing. Mm-hmm. Like this is this is bigger than that. This is a God thing, and that's when mm-hmm. I really took it seriously. Mm-hmm. Was when I saw other denominations taking note. Yep. For sure, and and that's um, and you know we live in a time, Josh, when everyone has a viewpoint. Everyone, you know, and it, it, we have social media. I mean, oh, yeah, it's, yeah. it's social everyone, media. So everyone's, everyone's a, a reporter. Everyone's everyone's got you know. Everyone's got a megaphone. <clears throat> yeah, and um, and so you know the the things I've been reading are just they're kind of just day to day like this is this is what happened today and what what i appreciate about what is going on in hughes auditorium and actually other auditoriums now on the campus because hughes is overflowing um is the the ordinariness of god's extraordinary like god is the only one that's extraordinary in this there's nothing there are no like big name speakers there's no this person is in charge i mean yes there's a dean of the chapel and there are professors there but no one person no one worship leader no one worship band no like none of that and Mm -hmm. there's no schedule there's no 
we're going to do this and that. Like it's, but it's, but Mm -hmm. in regard to that, and you might go, well, that's very disorderly and that sounds very disruptive, but I've been watching clips. I don't know if you have, or like whole 15, 30 minute moments. And it's very orderly. Mm -hmm. It's orderly. There's a sense of reverency, reverence. Yes. Um, and, uh, yes, there's times of singing and shouting and and like people are just in unison singing and it's beautiful. Mm -hmm. Um, and, but then there's times where it's quiet, like, Mm -hmm. and so that to me is, you know, yes, that, that speaks probably to the, the skeptic cynic in, in me, which I, I have, I have to own that. Like, I don't, I don't want to automatically doubt. We were just, me, you, and Kristen were just having a conversation about what's the difference between asking questions and actually doubting. Mm-hmm. And, and those aren't, that is different. Yeah. Um, but I think for me, and this is what I was saying to you guys, was I know my heart, and I could very easily jump right to, like, a judgmental, cynical viewpoint and it not be it based on any information other mm-hmm. than meh. but I haven't had that about Asbury and I'm not saying that because I haven't then that makes it legit by any means um but there's too many people who are that there are too many witnesses there are too many accounts by people who have no agenda mm-hmm. none mm-hmm. to say that this is anything other than this is a work of God now, there could be debate about, is it a revival or not? Listen, I don't know, like, because, um, you know, Fourth Baptist Church down the street can schedule a revival, you know, for March and be like, all right, we're going to have a revival. And then something like this happens and people are like, is that really a revival? I mean, what? what <laughs> so, you know, what's what your term? definition? Yeah. Does it have to happen in a tent right. outside the building? Right. And or- honestly... I think, well, go ahead, finish or, your thought. Or is it more about the individual soul revival, which you know has happened? Mm-hmm. Right, and to me, I think you you almost, in a perfect setting, you don't even put revival on the on the, the name of it until later. Like, history will prove, history will prove whether it's revival or not, because there will be fruit Mm-hmm. from this mm-hmm. if it's real if god is really touching individuals and corporately people there um and beyond there mm-hmm. like if that's what's going on then then fruit will come from it mm-hmm. like you will see fruit from it yeah you know so and but we like to name things so it got a yeah, name yeah right that's that's um, exactly right but i mean how can you not like how can it's tough for you to say that it's not gotten fruit already because of the the conversations it's gotten in the news. It's mm-hmm. the conversations that it's made people have. We're sitting here talking about it right now. Mm-hmm. Um, it's whether it's um, spill out of or inspired by their other campuses that are starting mm-hmm. these kind of services and whether it's drawn out for or inspired because of you know, I think there's already it's already clear to say that there is um, the anticipation of fruit out of this. Yeah, yeah, and I think from from many accounts, they would say the the fruit's already evident. Yes, the fruit's already they've already seen it or experienced it, um, or are experiencing and, it. And why I say anticipation because I would like looking at it right now, I would say there's fruit. But if you have to look at it from a historical sense, like you mm-hmm. were saying, the anticipation. Of, yeah. Yeah. fruit because of 
everything that's already happened because of it. Yeah, and and that's you know I I wanted to share with you something from uh, which I pulled from Facebook. Um, J D. Walt, who used to be the dean of the chapel at Asbury Wilmore. Okay, he's now the um, I love this the sower in chief at an organization called Seedbed. Um, oh, I'm, I've heard of that. And company. you've heard of the New Room Conference? Yeah. Seedbed puts that yeah. on. And we're okay. going to go. We're going in September. That, that's right. Yeah. So, that's right. So J.D. Walt is the sower-in-chief, which I love that title. Um, he was a chaplain there at Asbury. Um, he says this, the most compelling evidence of authenticity for me is the first, he has he shows two pictures. In one picture, it's, it's an overview of um, Hughes Auditorium, and there's one person kneeling at the altar just by themselves, and the auditorium's pretty much empty. There's a couple, of pe- there's a few people on the stage, like I guess they were the musicians for that chapel service that day, and it's a picture from you know r- immediately following, so it's probably like 11:05 a.m. Uh, of February 8th, and it's just one person praying. There's a couple people off to the side. You can tell they're probably talking. It doesn't even look like they're praying for each other, and there's that. And then, so he writes, nothing impressive. He goes, just another day. But then students, for unknown reasons other than the hand of God, began to come back to the chapel. See, that's not ordinary. Once chapel was over, you went. Yeah. By the way, chapel's required at Asbury. You have to go, you have to have so many hours in chapel mm-hmm. if you are at Asbury University. So this is a, you know, you got to go at some point. That doesn't mean every student had to be there at that one, but... People had to put in their chapel hours. Hopefully people are going because they want to, but that's just part of it. It's a Christian university. But then for some unknown reasons, quoting this again, other than the hand of God, students began to come back to the chapel. They asked asked their professors if they could return, uncharacteristic to say the least, he writes. (laughs) And within a few hours, he shows the second picture, which the auditorium is full. It's full, and it seats several. I mean, I'm not even sure if I know the seating capacity of Hughes Auditorium. Um, uh, several, several, several hundreds of people. Um, and so it hasn't stopped since then. It hasn't stopped since February 8th at 11-ish a.m. Now, I went and listened to the message that was preached, because every chapel has a speaker, a preacher, a, pa- a pastor or chaplain or somebody. And so uh, Reverend Zach Meerkrebs did the message on the 8th and it was a very good message about how we love other people but by all you know i guess standards that we might set for what would be a message that would start a revival you know and i love it because it was an ordinary it was a very good message but there was nothing so extraordinary about it that it was it wasn't like emotionalism you know he wasn't begging people to come to the altar Mm-hmm. It was just an ordinary good message. Mm-hmm. So I even love that aspect of it. How many people does Hughes Auditorium hold? 1,500. 1,500. So from one person at the altar and a couple people standing to the side within a few hours, full. And then full and full. And so it's just been going on. So for 24-7, people are coming. Now they're coming from other states, obviously, all over the country, even from around the world. Um, I know that last night they had to open up for... What do you, Sorry, I'm looking at articles and stuff and videos. And it keep keeps playing. playing them of people worshiping. Yes, I love it. Sorry. So that's what y'all hear. Um, but last night they opened up 
four different overflow um, like auditoriums or meeting places because Hughes is, is packed. So um, there are whole groups of, you know, campus ministries that are going. Um, I've known uh, our friend Jay Hansen, I know was there. Other people have gone. I've thought about going. I just haven't. I don't, you know, I just, I haven't felt like I've got to go. I just kind of want to go. So, you know, um, but, but this is what J.D. Walt says. He says, it is clearly an outpouring of the Spirit, but beyond that, we are reticent to call it anything else. They're just saying this is an outpouring of the Spirit. History, this is what you and I were just saying, history can define it as it will. Mm-hmm. If you want to call it revival, great, whatever yeah. it is. But he says, it is extraordinary and yet nothing new, which is, that's mm, it. Yeah. And, and the extraordinary thing to me in all of this is that we find this extraordinary. Like, I, at some point, I, and I, maybe, no, it's not going to happen. <laughs> this side of heaven, we're always going to be surprised by God. But I think we should be more expectant of being surprised by God than we are. Does that make sense? Yes. Yes. Like, like I'm kicking myself for not being more expectant to be surprised by God. And I say I'm kicking myself. I'm just I'm just like, Shannon, if anything, one of the things that this revival at Asbury right now has done is it's made me stop and go, I I'm not I'm not looking in the ordinariness of my life. I'm not expecting anything. I'm not expecting God to show up and surprise me. I'm not expecting anything to happen of and I'm not saying like to see an a specific result like for me to fall down face forward and 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 just be like you know zoned out for two three hours and not you know like I'm not saying I want to experience x y and z it's just there should be an expectancy of us to be surprised by God yeah and 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 I confess that I'm I don't operate with that expectancy um no on any kind of regular basis Yeah. yeah yeah Uh, were you? Did you find something specific you were looking for? No, I was trying oh. to f- figure out like what's going on today. And, yeah, like right now. And I couldn't find it. Yeah. Really. Um, I just love what Walt says though. He says it's it's extraordinary and yet nothing new. Many he writes. Many of us have seen and experienced all that is happening here elsewhere. We've seen it, and yet none of us really have been in this kind of a sustained move. So he's talking about the time that this has actually gone on because it's over a week now. He says, this is still J.D. Walt, the hunger of people coming from everywhere is enormous. It is characterized by exuberant worship, empowered by the Spirit, led by students, no production whatsoever, no screens or words projected, seemingly no song lists. They sing until the Spirit seems to give another song. There's a lot of prayer being led all over the house. Talking about the auditorium. There are testimonies given throughout the day. It is the holy love of God rising like a tide and rolling like the waves. And then I love this part. So this is still reading his quote. Jesus is the only celebrity here. No one even remotely considers the names of anyone in leadership. There are not, they are not unseasoned. Just unknown, which I like. I appreciate that too, because yeah. there are, there are people, you know, because you have that kind of an outpouring of the spirit, and you're going to have people confessing, um, you're going to have people, you know, saying I was, you know, abused or this happened to me or whatever, and you need the you need seasoned 
uh, mature believers to be able to come alongside those mm-hmm. folks and help them in those moments mm-hmm. of vulnerability yeah. um, and help them get, you know, connected and prayed for and to know that, that this moment is not um, the end of it, you know, for them to, re- to receive healing and, yeah. and to move beyond that. But he writes, they're not unseasoned, just unknown. Incredible humility characterizes this whole move. And I will say for sure, Josh, in all the videos I've watched, that 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 humility that Walt talks about here is very 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 evident. It is there there are, there are no egos that are um, that that I'm seeing that are pushing anything. Um, and then he writes, "This has been enormously disruptive to the life of the school, but no one seems to care." Yeah, that's what I was gonna ask. Like, do all these students get a pass? And like. That's midterms. Yeah, it's midterms. Yeah, but even the professors and those are going. It's like the, this is not as important. I don't know what they're going to do. They'll probably still have midterms, but who knows? Yeah. Well, and I was also on their uh, social media page. Hasn't mm-hmm. been touched since Wednesday. <laughs> yeah, they're like, no, we ain't gonna. No. No. This yeah. This is the final sentence he says in this quote that I have from Walt. There is a vigilance of love supporting these students. And listen, you, you go look up a video right now of what's going on in Hughes Auditorium, and you're not going to see just students. You're going to see gray hairs and, and bald heads and, and a lot of different, like it's not just students anymore, but it started from within that group of people. And that's the other thing I keep reading about is, is the, um, what's going to be the fruit of Gen Z from the Asbury revival of 2023 and how's that going to impact the church? And I'm just seeing Mm -hmm. people going, get ready, yeah, get ready. And I love that. I love that. Um, so what is your take on it? You know, so, you know, you and I have talked many times in our 117 episodes about our backgrounds as far as what we've experienced in church. And so for me, real quick, growing up Catholic, I didn't, I'm not saying there's never been a revival in the Catholic church, but um, I certainly didn't see it. Um, definitely, you know, anything basically out of um, of an order, because, you know, you can mm-hmm. go to a mass just about anywhere yeah. and you know what's going to happen. Everything's laid out mm-hmm. um, from the readings to, I mean, except for the homily that that particular priest does, um, everything else is pretty much the same. So I don't have, I did not have any kind of experience growing up. And that was even as a non-believer. But then as I became a believer in my early twenties, I didn't, um, go to a church or a place where, you know, I ever saw any kind of a, a revival type moment. Mm. So, so for me, this looks <clears throat> like the, the natural spirit Mm. happening of what people schedule mm-hmm. or try to make try to make fetch happen almost <laughs> like this is the natural occurrence of i mean it. if you can work in a mean girls quote yeah you'll but, do it i mean that's basically what this is right is it mean girls what no this is <laughs> a natural yes a natural <laughs> revival this isn't a scheduled revival yeah and, right no one put it on the calendar yeah, this so can i say this hold your thought mm-hmm. Just to prove the point of how unscheduled this is for any cynics or skeptics out there, Francis Chan. You probably know who Francis Chan and he he wrote uh, crazy was it crazy, crazy love? love yeah um, and he's done some crazy things as a believer like yep. walking away from ministry as far as in the church and the way it was because he felt like God told him to like profound speaker 
sought after speaker. Asbury, and I don't know if he, Francis Chan is doing something called the, the Collegiate Revival Tour or something. Yeah. And it's starting in at Wilmore, Kentucky, Asbury University, later next week. And it's been planned, and he's going to go to other schools. But he, he wanted to start specifically at Asbury because of the revival that happened in 1970. Yeah. So any if you want to talk about something's been planned, he was planning to come and talk about that collegiate revival that happened in 1970 and why couldn't it happen now? Well, God had other plans. I mean, if anything, Chan's going to come in town next week. I don't even know if he is now. I mean, I, who knows? I mean, I wouldn't. I mean, I don't know. But but that just shows how much it wasn't scheduled. Yeah. Because it would have been perfect to go, oh, we'll wait for Francis to get here. But God had other plans. Yeah. I'm sorry to cut you off, but I wanted to to add that in there. So. Okay, so you know, revivals are a big plan are big planned things in certain denominations. Like it's it's as <clears throat> planned, if not more planned, than how we do Jesus' life, <laughs> right? Yep. Um, mm-hmm. But with this being a naturally occurring thing, it it just kind of sh- like it's it's incredible to see something that people that I I mean I've never actually planned a revival, so I've mm-hmm. never been behind that. But to see something that you've you've been a part of, and to see and to see how different it is when it when God is the one that plans it, mm. it's it's big difference. And <laughs> and then you go, okay, well, that revival because revivals are always like for a certain group of people, kinda. And yeah. you go, is that revival? And then it sparks the thought, well, is that revival for me? Mm-hmm. And you kind of, and you can find articles to say, yes, it's for you. No, it's not for you. Specifically about this Asbury one. And I've seen people share uh, both. Like, you, like this isn't for you to go. You, you, you need to wait until God brings it to you. Or you need to go now and experience <clears throat> the, lo- the love that God has got going on right there because Mm -hmm. it's for everybody and so for me it's almost like i'm just kind of you don't you don't want to mess up a naturally occurring thing by inner almost like intervening like putting yourself in it so you just kind of i'm torn between yeah is it for me or is it not for me well yeah i and i totally and i'm talking about the experience not Mm -hmm. revival Ah. And not being changed because, and not refocusing myself on God because of what's happening there. Mm-hmm. But is the actual thing that is happening there for me or not? Mm. Right. And I think that's something for a lot. I mean, I've read articles from people saying, hey, stay, stay where you are and pray for a revival to come there, you know, yeah. or someone like, I just want to go. I just want to go. And I don't, I don't think. Someone, I don't think you're wrong either way. Yeah. Um, I I don't think that's I don't think you're like oh well Josh is less of a Christian or Shannon you know it like is more of a Christian. We have yeah. less you know desire to see the Lord move because we didn't jump in the car because I got to tell you every single day I've been like should I go should I go mm-hmm. should I go I've thought about it and I'm still thinking about it, um, but at the same time I'm also not like. I don't feel the Lord saying like go because if he did I would already have gone mm-hmm. um, but uh, yeah I just I think 
but the, the move of God. So like what we were talking about, um, you know, that passage in Exodus, um, of God's extraordinariness breaking in. That's really the, the reason I wanted, you know, I'm glad that we're talking about this today because I think that's the real, that's the real question. So I mentioned Zach Meerkrebs, who is a pastor. He, he, they've been doing a, he had been doing a series at chapel at Asbury, um, called love in action. And so he, um, <clears throat> It was on, it was, if you look at under, you can go to Asbury, you can go to YouTube, you can, you can find it, um, February 8th chapel service, and you can listen to it or watch this, um, message, but I love the fact that it was love in action. So he was, he, like I said, it's an ordinary message, but it's, it's, it's real, it's good. Um, because he, he basically just asked these students, do you really love others? Do you really and I think just just the Holy Spirit used that question um, to just really soften some hearts and break through some hardness and callousness and pride and, and own insecurities and stuff and started to move within those students, you know, because, and, and that's where it started. Um, and I just, I don't know, I think that's something that, that we... Um, I'm, I'm challenged by, it's, it's just in front of me. I want to share something with you from 1970, a quote, um, from, uh, he, he was a, he was a doctor. I can't remember his name now. You might have it in your notes. Um, David Hunt. Yeah. But so in talking to him, interviewing with him, not me, but he was being interviewed and it said what started in the auditorium at Asbury college on a Tuesday in February was, this is from him, yeah, was a real turning point, Hunt said, where I sensed that God really desired more of a commitment on my part of my life to him. He says this, you stand in that kind of presence and that kind of awe. It's very difficult, I think, for a mortal not to really look and examine and say, what does this God want of my life? That was his thought. I mean, and that's why I think some people are, are like, I got to go. I want to be there. Yeah. You know, because the, the thing is, is, you know, what, what does God say to Moses in Exodus 3? Take off your sandals. You are standing on holy ground. Moses had his ordinariness broken that day. Right, his life was suddenly it, it was truly saturated with the reality of God, mm-hmm. um, and and when those moments happen and we experience God's presence in a very very tangible way, um, you can't help but tra- be transformed. Which again goes back to the if people want to question whether it's revival or not, I think those people who have had, who are have truly experienced God moving. There will be fruit from that. There will be transformation from that, whatever yeah. that looks like. Mm-hmm. I know, don't even begin to, to it, know. It's it's hard to know when yeah. we're in the trenches of, of the moment. Yeah, yeah. And so I'm processing this, like, as, you know, like, do we have a, do we say, hey, the doors are open to the church and people come and pray? Like, I've thought about that. Do, I, do we do that? Do we not do that? You know, what's the motivation behind that? You know, I have to kind of question you know, I question all those things, but, but the desire 
for for God's extraordinariness to be alive in us. I think that's really, really what's important. I asked this question um, in October of 22. Yeah? Was that 21. One? 21. October of 21. Um, I asked this question in my sermon. Um, the, well, I said the burning bush in the barren, lonely desert of Sinai is a sign that God often comes down and graces the lowly, appears in common places of life to meet us where we are and speaks a word of life. How is that ordinary day where Moses was tending his flock and came upon a burning bush? How was February 3rd, 1970? How, how is that any different from February 8th, 2023? Or on the day of this recording, February 15th, 2023? Mm-hmm. What is the difference between those days? And the reality, Josh, is nothing. Right. God is still God. Mm-hmm. And the difference is is me. Mhm. Mhm. It's you. It's the it's the desire and the heart of his people. Are we expecting him? Are we mm-hmm. expecting to be surprised mm-hmm. by him? Are we expecting for him to be present with us? Um because there's without a doubt that kind of spiritual renewal, that that move of the Holy Spirit, as as many have said, um, that's that's w- being witnessed right now in Wilmore, Kentucky. It's just as possible right here as anywhere else, right? Mm-hmm. We can experience God's presence anywhere, anytime. That's just the way it is, right? That that's how God, like God, didn't need Moses to free the Israelites. Mm-hmm. He didn't, he wasn't like, okay, I got to do this whole burning bush thing to get Moses to be like, whoa, what's that? Okay, I'll follow you. He could have worked through anybody. He could have done it any way he wanted, but he wanted Moses to be part of the work. Yes. And so there's a, like, do we want to be part of God's work? He does want us to be mm-hmm. part of it. So he, God is profoundly relational in that regard. There's nothing that, that people have done that he was like, okay, I sure am glad Josh did that for me. Like, I, I needed him to do it because otherwise it w- I couldn't get it done. Mm-hmm. No, he mm-hmm. could do anything. He doesn't need us. He wants us. Mm. And and I think if that's if that's our understanding, our heart's desire that God wants us and he wants us to be part of his work, he wants us to be watching and listening for those holy ground moments. Um his presence happens to, to ordinary people all the time going about ordinary routines. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the difference I think is, I don't know where, wherever we set our foot is, isn't that holy ground. I mean, Hughes auditorium, yeah. a lot of people would say that's holy ground and it is, mm-hmm. but it's not holy ground because of the historical Aspect significance. It. No, it's holy ground because it's God's. Yeah. And so, and everything is God's. Yeah, yeah. So, Where our feet are yeah. at this moment, it's you know. Ground. Yeah. Um, so, so what yeah. you're saying is, is uh, we have to enter in before we can enter into a um, aspect of revival. We have to enter in with a heart mm. of expectancy. <sighs> yes, but there's something else before that too. Um, there, there. We must have a heart of humility, mm. of confession and repentance. Mm. God's not gonna, he no he, he th- there's nothing. Um, if we don't come before the Lord in humility with confession and repentance, 
I mean that that's where I mean that's where the 1970 revival started. That's where the Ed Asbury. That's where the 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 one that started last week at Asbury started. It started with uh, people coming to the altar and and confessing and repenting and you know because last week it was Zach was like, do you really love other people the mm. way that we're told mm-hmm. to and the way we say we do, and people just were like. And it wasn't immediate. Like, yes, there was a response in the service, mm-hmm. but that question lingered in such a way that students were like, I got to go back they and pray. Back, yeah. I, I'm supposed to be at class, but I've got to go back because I need to pray about this because I do not love mm-hmm. people the way that I say I do or that I'm supposed to. And that just, it's built and built and built. And so your question of, yes, we need to have an expectancy, certainly. Um, but if it is not, preceded by and then you know i don't know at the same time if we, if it's not with humility and out of confession and repentance um you yeah ca- you kind of end up like jim carrey from bruce almighty yeah yeah like you're, you're, you're just trying to you're just trying to poke the bear yeah, basically yeah uh, this was a testimony from someone um you know testimony was part of this thing so when, when we talk about revival i don't know if you haven't been watching anything or reading anything you might be going, what do they mean by revival at Asbury? Well, I think it that depends on who you talk to as well. But yes, there are times of singing. There are times of prayer. There are times of uh, corporate prayer. There's times of, you know, people just going to the altar and, and praying alone or people coming and praying with them. Um, there have been times of testimony. There have been times of people speaking because they've kind of continued. I don't know how they did it, but like, so the chapel was Monday, Wednesday, Friday. So the Friday chapel speaker last week spoke. And it was a, she's a missionary that shared, and so it was really cool. Mm. I watched that one too. Um, so all these all these things are part of. I mean, you look at Acts and what did the early church do? I mean, these are the things that they did. You know, they yeah. they lifted up the word of God. They praised. They sang. They um, one of the testimonies. It was just a real short thing, and I actually posted it on my social media yesterday, I believe, or maybe Monday. But so I'm quoting. I don't know who it is. I'd say the name if I had the name, but. They said, revival isn't hype. It's ordinary people who are hungry for more of God. Yep. Revival isn't hype. It's ordinary people who are hungry for more of God. And that's that's that. And there's that. There's that. <laughs> um, and so I, I don't even know... There's there's so much more we could talk. I I don't even really want to give any uh, any time to cynics and and skeptics and stuff because again we've said it. Uh, J D. Walt said it like history time will tell. Yeah. Um. But I, I would be very hard pressed to talk to some of these some of the people that have have been there, especially. And have experienced within their own lives something that they have been. I mean, I've I've watched some of these testimonies where they have been freed, um, where they have been healed, where they have just by speaking uh, something that has occurred in their life that, that 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 was the release that they needed to be done with that, you know, mm-hmm. whatever that was. And so I think we'd be really hard pressed to find someone who has had that experience to go, oh no, this isn't really, this isn't real, this yeah. is a move of God. And I'd be surprised mm-hmm. if any of the skeptics have mm-hmm. been in have been in the room in the in the week. Well, you know, I have seen a couple of people who said that. I, there's someone who actually I, I appreciate a lot of their work. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say who it is because I 
I, I just don't want to give any Because it's our podcast. <laughs> yeah, right? Um, but they said they went, and they said they went at a time when, like, they would announce, hey, you know, dinner's being served in the cafeteria, so, you know, are we going to give our worship team a break? But, you, of course, you can stay and pray, and people do. Like, yeah. even though they announce a break, we were on a break. Like, people still stay. Yeah. Um, because it's been so, people in there continuously yes, for a week. Yes, So, but this person said that they went when it was obviously a break, and there were less people, and there was no, there were no testimonies. Um, there were people praying. Um, there was no band, and and they said that they stayed for about twenty minutes, and then they left. And I'm like, well, okay, okay, that's cool. And they weren't saying there wasn't a revival or anything like that. They were just like, they were kind of like, meh. And I'm like, come on. Um, but uh, this this particular person has like, they're they they are very um, they come from a hurt place and 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 they have looked at and and it's not someone I know like this is just someone I I know about and I've I've read some of their yeah, work yeah. and followed and stuff. Um, they are very quick to go. All right, what's the falsehood in this? They're very that's just, judgmental. Yes, but yeah, I get. <laughs> I hate to say that. I, I they would probably say they're trying to be discerning. Well, they'd say they're analytical. Yeah, maybe, maybe. But anyway, so there, there, there have been some people that have popped in okay. there who've been physically cool. on campus, but the ones I've seen have not. Right. Okay. Yeah, and I'm sure there's plenty. Plenty. Plenty of that. So yes. for sure. And, um, and that's where I like I haven't seen any that have gone there and given cynicism. The ones I've seen are like, well, by definition. X, Y, and Z has to happen for this to be considered a... Mm-hmm. And I'm like, whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You you haven't gone. You haven't you haven't experienced. And it's... And it, and it might not be a revival for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, and that's when I, I go back to the question you asked, where, where I think if... It's not hype. It's ordinary people who are hungry for more God. If you are hungry for more of God... God's going to reveal himself and I don't know how and in what way, but mm-hmm. he will. Yeah. And, and it might just be Joshua at home going, God, I'm hungry for more of you. Yeah. And he, you know, however he reveals himself to you and shows himself and, and, uh, and works that within you. Yeah. Or it happens in an auditorium mm-hmm. after a chapel service. Yeah. And it continues from there, but it's not impossible. So, yeah, I mean, if someone walks in those doors of Hughes Auditorium, now, first of all, God's Holy Spirit could still, I mean, he, uh, a Saul could walk in there, and God could be like, oh, okay. Saul, walk you think in, you're gonna... walk out of Paul. Yeah, right. Um, but... And it's probably happened. Well, right, and that's, yeah, I'm, I'm sure it has. But um, I, I pray it has. Yeah. I cer- certainly do. But I also know that, you know, there could be just such a hardness in someone's heart that they're just like, you know, I'm here, but whatever, you know, or, or you come with an expectation for God to move in such a big way, but you, you don't have any amount of repent confession or repentance or desire. Like it's just gimme, gimme, gimme. Oh yeah. Yeah. You know, gimme, gimme, gimme. I just, mm-hmm. and of course there's, there's been a lot of looky lose, like, you know, people that just want to see what's going on. Oh, I'm I, one of them. Yeah. I don't, I don't have a desire to go to Asbury to go to, to, to Wilmore, Kentucky, to see what's going on. My desire is to go and and 
and be in that presence. And I think that's why I'm kind of like, do I go or do I not? Because I, I know without a doubt, I don't have to go to Wilmore, Kentucky to be in that presence. Yeah. However, and I will say this, and I can't put any kind of, I, I can't back this up with any kind of significance. So, but I'm going to say it anyway, because again, it's our podcast. There are times when heaven and earth that veil is collide. a little bit thinner. It's a little bit thinner. Yeah. And it's most definitely, according to everything I've read and seen, that is a very thin veil right now mm-hmm. in Wilmore, Kentucky. Yeah. And see, for me, the urge, the thought process of me wanting to go up there mm-hmm. is I want to understand and I want to feel how this is different than a revival I've been in the room before. Mm, yeah, yeah. Like, I won't, if, if this is a true natural, mm-hmm. it'll... It'll be, I'll walk in there and feel something completely different than right. every other revival I've ever mm-hmm. been in. Mm-hmm. And, for and that's me, okay for you to have yeah. that, that. That's a Thomas thing. That's a, I need to kind of see it and touch it a little bit. Yeah. And that's okay. Because, and that goes back to the whole doubting yeah, thing. And it's, and not, and I, and trust me, I don't think that there isn't anything spiritual. Mm-hmm. I just, I just want to understand and feel it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's I think that's just fine. Yeah, and I guess when I said I don't want to just go to see what's going on, I don't I'm I don't want to be a spectator. Yeah. I'm gonna, I'm not going to be a spectator to it, something God's doing. I want to be a participant in it. So yeah, but I also know yeah. And one of the other things I've read, you know, different accounts and and like watch videos, of people is like they say many people have said like there's just an an aura around like a peaceful mm-hmm. like you walk through the doors and it's just like this peaceful feeling one one person who uh, I can't give I, I don't know their name but I would say they're they're not someone who is give are given to like emotionalism or anything like that you know they're pretty mm-hmm. pretty straight laced and they were like I really do not recall the first 15 or 20 minutes I was there it like it, I remember like it's not like they lost their thought but it was like I was there and I, I thought it had just been a minute and I realized it had been like, it took almost 20, 25 minutes for yeah. them to be like, Oh, okay. I'm in here. Yeah. And I'm like, Whoa, that's, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. And to me, that's like, Whoa, that's Holy ground. Yeah. When, and you talk about that veil between heaven and earth meet, like, so what, ha- like time <laughs> gets mm-hmm. like, I mean, whoo, I'm not even, I'm so not equipped to talk about those kinds mm-hmm. of things, but, you know, just the presence of God. I I don't I don't know. Yeah. So uh, let me end with this. What? Well, well, before oh, yeah, you yeah. end, so, I was gonna. Yeah. Uh, Shannon is doing a very good job of giving a ten thousand foot view and sharing on her social about what's happening mm. at Asbury. So if you listen to this and you kind of want to see a little bit more, because it's not easy to find a lot of concise information, mm-hmm. and Shannon's done a good job of. Of document sharing stuff so her social media if you want to learn more her social feed is a good place to start mm-hmm. and you can go from there yeah for sure yeah thank you um i want to just read this testimony again revival isn't hype it's ordinary people who are hungry for more of god and god said to moses take off your sandals for you are standing on holy ground Hey, I'm going to pray. All right, pray for us. Lord, I thank you for the way in which you have shown up 
um, yes and Wilmore, Kentucky, uh, for the way that you have, uh, and, and the hunger and the, um, the questions and the desire and yes, even the skepticism, but, but you and what you're doing is in the forefront of people's minds. Um, it's getting national, um, airtime. <laughs> it's getting, uh, people are talking about you and, and where maybe they weren't a week ago. Um, God, I pray that as the church, the body of Christ, we would be a place where those who are hungry for more of you can, can find a place to, to meet with you. And God, um, may that be in front of us as a staff, as, as we have so many leaders that are a part of this church, volunteer leaders in so many capacities. Um, God, that our, whatever responsibility we have, um, for our time of gathering for corporate worship, that we would see it as, um, you have given us, um, responsibility to steward, um, a moment, a time, a a time frame where people are going to meet with you. God, show us that. Forgive us of of our ego and our plan and our uh, assumption of what the day will bring. God, that we would just see that we're here to help in our, the tiniest way for people to be in proximity to you. Lord, would the Porch Community Church be a place of holy ground where you would be present? It would be palpable. It would be felt where people would want to come and they would want to give over their lives to you. Where they would want to confess and repent and, and be before you and expect you to be surprised by you. God, I know that your name is lifted high and glorified, and I just ask that we would lift up our part, <laughs> the part we have to play here, your name lifted up high, the name of Jesus, the work of Jesus lifted up high. So people will know you. So their lives will be changed. So they will know you. And it's in the name of Jesus. I pray these things. Amen. 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 Josh, thank you. Thank you. Uh, listeners, thanks for being a part of today. And uh, we look forward to seeing you Sunday uh, in the presence of the Lord. And we look forward to talking to you again soon. Bye. Bye. You've been listening to the 167 Podcast. Join us next time for more insights to inspire, challenge, and encourage to help you live into the remaining 167 hours of your week.